review, y'all. Jump. The rest of the film. Jump. With my boy, Todd Hastings. Todd Hastings open his bitch. And that new Dylan got broke. Dylan got to what you got. You know what it is. Come on. What's up, everybody? Fucking cool guy, John Hastings. Not cool guy, Dylan Gott, coming at you live. No, Dylan. F- we're not talking about fucking uh, guys who sold cigarettes to 12-year-olds as their main source of income, then pretended wrestling was their main source of income. This week, we're going to talk about rock and wrestling. Oh, Part yeah. one. Mainly focusing on the build-up to the s- war to settle the score, which is easily... One of the funniest hours of wrestling I've ever seen. Yeah, Dylan tried to send me the link, but all he did was he wrote, here's the link to uh, the war to settle the score, and then didn't send the link. It was very fun. I really I really thought I had control Z at that one. <laughs> Certainly not, my friend. But that's all right. I, it was a fun thing to bring. I, it was like, I looked at that, and I was like, I could ask him for it all. Bring, him up, bring it up on the podcast. It's a move. It's a classic. All the way, control Z is undo for you hackers out there. I'm a hacker, too, now. <laughs> is it? Ooh. Yeah, that's a little hacking secret. You know what I loved about 90s movies about hacking? The amount of unnecessary graphics they included in the hacking just to make them seem sexy and cool. <laughs> or the or the swordfish thing where it got sucked off and he had to hack. Oh my god, swordfish rules. Yeah, he gets sucked off and hack. He also has to drink wine and he has to make all the code into spheres. And then those spheres have to fit into a square box because that's how hacking works. It's not just lines of code. <laughs> also, Halle Berry, the whole reason you saw that movie if you're in your middle 30s or 30s is because Halle Berry showed her boobs in it. That was the entire 100%. selling point of the movie. 100%. They would have her on every talk show and they'd be like, so we uh, see your tits in this one. And she'd be like, yes. And they'd be like, <laughs> and the crowd would just be all men going, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You could actually hear when the movie came out, you could actually hear the wor- the noise fap from the contiguous United States. There had to have been mul- double digits of guys just jacking off in the theater. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's any movie that there's at least double digits of guys thrown out for jacking off in the theaters. <laughs> you think any movie? Any movie. You think Spy Kids? Spy, Spy Kids for Spy Kids is way up there. Spy Kids, I'll give it, I'll give it a triple dig for Spy Kids. Triple Ditch? Nice. The Hastings Family Reunion. Let's all go jack off at Spy Kids. Um, we're a Spy Kids 2 family, Dylan. And if you make that fucking mistake again, I will come to Canada and give you COVID. No, yeah. You guys saw Spy Kids 2 back to back because you jacked off once and then you waited. No. And then again. No, you've got the we stay wrong. in the theater, we're all going to masturbate as a family to this movie. No jack, Spy Kids 1. Spy Kids 2, we had the idea and then we all went, all right, mm-hmm. everyone stand in separate corners of the theater. It'll be weird if we're sat in the same row. Dylan, you weirdo. You sit in the same row. Before they had a guy who would organize a jacking off to Spy Kids event, such as Jerry Lawler, the WWF was founded on, if you're going to believe this, liberal ideas. Yeah. The amount they talk about feminism in The War to Settle the Score is hilarious. Right, let's back up. The, they, they talk about feminism, but they also make sure that as often as possible they have Captain Lou Albano involved. And mm-hmm, also, mm-hmm. bear in mind, The War of the Center of the Score is a beautiful first chapter to a book that was supposed to be written about Wendy Richter, who was supposed to be the face of women's wrestling in the WWF. And then legitimately, and they have not even denied this, just would like to be paid a little bit. She would like to be paid as much as a male wrestler, not Hulk Hogan, a male wrestler. And they were like, we got we to gotta double cross her and get our belt back right away and ruin her in this business. And that's what they did. <laughs> Well, to be fair, though, because this is the funny part is like... Oh, Dylan's talk- Dylan, by the way, for Dylan, the funny part is the idea that a woman won't run rights. Di- Dylan finds that very funny because he's a toxic man. I do. Doesn't shave his back. Chest- triple X. He has a, yeah, he has, a, he has the triple X chest ta- uh, neck tattoo, and he has yeah. Harvey Weinstein yes. hugging Bill Cosby <laughs> tattooed on his man, on his breasts. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be to for framing there, I was supposed to be the third triple X. It was supposed to go Vin Diesel, Ice Cube, Dylan Gott, and then they just didn't make the third one with me. It was fucking bullshit. Yeah, because the third one Dylan wrote the script for, and it was very yeah. erotic. Yeah, it was just me fucking chicks up their ass near trees, <laughs> and then and then I wrote in caps because the trees they hold on to the trees. I wrote that on it. Why trees? And then it was just. 
It was just rip out, ripping out of uh, movies, or sorry, of, of magazines from FHM of unnamed models. And I was like, then I fuck her up the ass. No, I spe- and I spelled then D-E-N, then I fuck her up the ass. It's also the- and, F- and fuck was F-U-Q. It's also the... Then I fuck her up the ass. It's also the inclusion of buy some trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you have consensual anal sex in a nice soft bed? No, by the tree. <laughs> they gotta be outside. They gotta be uncomfortable twice. Why are you subject three times? <laughs> they're having sex with me. That's the first thing that makes them uncomfortable. <laughs> then they're outside. So there's like bug bites that are happening. Then it's by a tree. So the bark gets on their hands. Three times. Triple X. <laughs> Each X is for how uncomfortable they are. I mean. That shouldn't be funny, but it's really fucking funny. By the tree, have some anal sex. And then that's why I called the Baraldan at all. And I was going to call it Triple X, the Baraldan at all. And yeah, <laughs> most of the pictures were what I thought Wendy Richter looked like now. Okay. I'm going to say this about Wendy Richter. She looks the best of any wrestler who participated in WrestleMania 1. Well, it's just like watching this whole thing. Well, anyway, we should talk about, we should talk about uh, the, the numbers and the context for this. In the autumn of 1984... Vince McMahon was unfurling his plan to stage the biggest event the WWF had ever hosted on closed-circuit television. If you watch either of these events, they are so obviously what Vince McMahon wanted WrestleMania to be. They have every single celebrity there. None of the celebrities take it seriously, which now, the last couple years, when they had Flo Rida at every single WrestleMania, that's what Vince McMahon wanted. Vince McMahon wanted these fuckers to actually have to take this shit seriously. Yeah, and let me tell you, there's nothing about Flo Rida being at every WrestleMania I don't like. Oh, buddy, Flo Rida, especially he's Vince McMahon's absolute alpha fucking celebrity because he's also jacked as shit. Like, you know that he was like, you'll have to spend some time in NXT, but I think you could be the Intercontinental Champion. And he's like, I'm a millionaire. Drop that. <laughs> what, you don't care about the business? Yeah. Oh, you're a millionaire? You know who else is a millionaire? My kids, because of me. Well, I made my money my own way. Fuck you, Flo. <laughs> so this is the first time, as Hobson points out very astutely, this is the first time he tried something big like this that didn't end in his absolute bankruptcy. So even before... All right, so the WWF official story is that everything was sick. Fucking Vince was lighting fucking money on fire in front of poor kids. Poor kids were crying. Then he would kill their parents just for fun in front of them but the actual story is up to six weeks before the event ticket sales were so poor they couldn't cover the deposits placed on many of the arenas showing the ladies and gentlemen it's so fucking crazy how close the nwa could have just crushed him if they had not if the wwf hadn't been in new york then this never would have happened they never would have been able to get this because as such uh they went on an all-out pr offensive um, they hired uh, Boswell and jo- uh, Jacobs. A PR firm for 90 Gs. 90 Gs. Yeah, Boswell and Jacobs, who I looked up and like, it's one of those ones where it's like, everyone's like reputable PR firm, but you don't see any of their clients because of, like a really good PR firm doesn't tell you who they represent because it's like, who do you represent? And we're like, um, all these murderers you've never heard of and a, a tobacco company that's also makes kids toys. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna get kids to smoke again. Yeah, he uh, he called. He told Frank, uh, publicist Frank Holler, uh, "I have eight weeks to put a million asses in the seats, make it catch fire." Arguably, the most uh, important part of the puzzle uh, was the uh, rock and wrestling event. The war to settle the score, the pieces of which were put into a place before that meeting. Um, Les Garland, uh, the MTV director of programming, was so delighted with the results of the brawl to end it all, he was clamoring for another event. So here's the thing. MTV at this time is launched is a cultural phenomenon, but does not have enough content. It needs other things to refresh at all at, to show people like this is other stuff we can do. What else do you want to watch? Ooh, fuck me. Fuck everybody. He also has the connection with David Wolf. David Wolf and Vince McMahon are collaborating on everything because Cindy Lauper is now in very much with the WWF because Lou Albano was in her music video and she is that song is the biggest thing in the fucking world. Not only do girls just want to have fun, yeah. so does Vince McMahon. And how Vince McMahon has fun is he fires 22 people right after a lockdown. <laughs> after he made sure that they had just spent their last paycheck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He called every one of them to make sure, and then he 
And then his penis grew just we're a bit. We're going to do a Patreon. It got chubbed up we'll a bit. We're doing a Patreon episode about this. Thing. As you're hearing, this is up on Patreon. If you want to listen to Patreon about the crimes of Vince McMahon of the last week. I've done a little bit of reading and even just a little bit of reading. Yiper diapers. John's not read about that, but he has read other stuff. Yeah, I read about diapers. Mostly cooking recipes. So you're going to hear a lot about what he's trying to oh, cook. I read about diapers. I'm wearing one right now. I'm going pee. <laughs> I'm making yellow and I'm making brown. <laughs> the the brawl to end it all was, of course, Cindy Lauper. Uh, Lou Albano says Cindy Lauper should get back in the fucking kitchen. Cindy Lauper says, why don't you suck all of my asshole? So Lou Albano gets Fabulous Moolah to be his second. Cindy Lauper gets Wendy Richter. Cindy Lauper trains Wendy Richter, and there's some very good vignettes where Lou Albano and Mula are just eating subs in the park, and that is her yeah, training. It's very cool. good. <laughs> like they're just eating uncut. I cannot, I cannot explain to you how f- like the main thing Subway sandwiches seemingly from watching old TV shows come up with was that why don't we cut it in the middle? And then I, I get, I'm guessing the guy who came up with submarine sandwiches was. It's called a fucking submarine sandwich because fat guys eat them on their goddamn break. It's not two sandwiches. It's one big <laughs> sandwich. And he just took all his clothes off and then shot himself in the neck. <laughs> Once the idea of cutting a submarine sandwich in half took off, he killed himself. He was like, the reason I'm on Earth is no longer being uh, it's no longer being validated. I will leave this mortal plane. Do you remember how much people lost their minds when Quiznos came out and Quiznos only difference between Subway is they toasted the sandwiches or no. Also, you couldn't pick the toppings. I remember my friend Hudson worked there and I was like, oh, and then he's like, oh, that's the thing. You can't like pick the toppings. And I was like, this is the fucking shittiest restaurant I've been to. Yeah, so I just have to have olives on it, even though I don't because I Don cherries to be respected. Fuck. Yeah, off. Don cherry could suck my dick, man. Fucking put some take the fucking olives off my fucking Quizno sandwich. And then all it took for Subway to destroy them was Subway was like, all right, put an oven in every fucking store then. <laughs> All right, we got ovens now. Fuck, <laughs> they really, they really outmaneuvered us here's, here. And also, here's the advantage: I also maintain a subway. Also, especially if you're in Britain, is just near every train station. So when you're fucking starving and you don't want Burger King because you're not a fucking divorced dad, you're like, well, subway's right there. Fuck you, I'm getting subway. You know why it's called subway? Because uh, it was invented in the subway. Yeah, so that's probably they their strategies never uh, changed. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? If everyone stop stop the podcast, write that down. Write that down. Dear diary, I now know why Subway is a thing. I love you, John. <laughs> I love you, John. Mail it out. So uh, Lopper and Albano would then uh, reconcile. Cindy presented Lou uh, with his own award, a gold copy of She's So, Booyah. She's so Unusual. All this took place at Madison Square Garden on December the 27th. Christmas week shows are always very big. You guarantee a big house. And this big house was interrupted by... Rowdy Roddy Piper, who stormed the ring, broke the gold disc over Albino's head, put David Wolf in an airplane spin, which um, David Wolf... It was not an airplane spin. It was a stiff-as-fuck power slam. I watched it. It's it's crazy. Like <laughs> He picks him up like a bag of shit and just falls all his body weight on David Wolf. Because this is the other thing. If this happened now, watch all this shit with 2020 eyes. Roddy Piper's the baby face because he's like, these fucking phonies are coming in here trying to make a mockery of pro wrestling. And then all that the rock stars can do is like visibly snarky stuff about like Hulk Hogan's going to kick your butt skirt boy. And all they, the only thing they have to call back with is you're gay because you wear <laughs> I mean, dress. that's it's, it. It's, I guarantee Cindy Lauper. Duran Duran calls him gay like six <laughs> times. Great. Uh, I'll tell you who has a view to a kill, Rowdy Piper. Terry Terry Hoglan. We just met him. Big dick. Big. Oh yeah, and then uh, there was a, and then they're having a discussion about wrestling. Uh, all these Rolling Stone editors, and then a guy who just said he, he's the manager of Rock and Wrestling. He's like, look at you guys all talking about wrestling. Four eyes, nerd. Four eyes, nerd. Some chick. Wrestling is cool because wrestling's cool. And then it was like, nice. Finally a voice in the fucking wilderness. Yeah, finally some fucking reason around all this fucking malarkey. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
What's also amazing about this build is that MTV presented it in kayfabe terms. The presenters, um, yes, like we're going on M- MTV News and they're fucking VJs, which is a thing for people even 10 years younger than us won't remember. This is on certain channels. You just have people stood by a weird set going, oh, yo, you want to be a, yo, coming up next, this stuff, I guess. I don't know. I'm a VJ. But this is the thing about how brilliant MTV was when it started. No one thought that anyone would watch a TV show or a channel, sorry, that was just music videos. But the brilliance is these are all promotional videos. So they're just made to basically show radio stations so that you'll play their song. They're never meant to make television. And then you have an entire Rolodex of these things. You can play 24 hours a day and it's like wrestling, a low-cost form of entertainment, and they put wrestling on their channel because, obviously, Vince McMahon's renting the arena. The cameras are paid for by the ticket sales, and so forth and so forth. He pays Hulk Hogan. He pays everybody. Regularly, if your fucking Friends is on NBC, it's not like the producer of Friends pays fucking Matthew Perry's salary. No. NBC pays Matthew Perry's salary and the writers, blah, blah, blah. Vince McMahon is fronting all these costs. All Vince McMahon wants to do is be on television, and he gets that. And the success of this program, the success of the Brawl to End It All, and the success of War to Settle the Score, one, two, skip a few, the reality shows are the only thing on MTV in 20 fucking years. Uh, Because they're like, oh, this is way better than the video for Shebop. I mean, I think you're thinking of Mbop. Um... No, Shebop is the Cindy Lauper song about fucking rubbing her clit. <laughs> is it actually? Yeah. Sing it for me right now. Ooh, Shebop. That's the only part I know. <laughs> it was a roundabout way about uh, about girls beating off. Because the thing was, Cindy Lauper, the reason why she gets into wrestling is because Cindy Lauper is a kitschy, feisty, but small, so you don't have to be scared of her. She's she's what you she was what we were told New Yorkers in the eighties were, which is like this crazy dressed person being like, ah, fuck you, ma. <laughs> but the whole thing about Cindy Lauper is wrestling is perfect for her because they want her to be feisty and in your face and kind of kitschy. And what is a better way to do that than professional Dylan, wrestling? Question, Dylan. Question for you. Yes. Are you attracted to Cindy Lauper throughout all the decades of her fame? Because I'll tell you who is me. <laughs> Where I was no for honestly when I was watching this I was like oh so that's what Ariana Grande would have looked like in like 1985 because exactly, yeah. Zinni Lopper projects like oh this is like a small girl that's why Dylan likes her now pop stars are so like pop stars are so like sleek whereas back then it was like Cindy Lopper was kind of punk you know what I mean like she's like whiffs of what punk rock was like five ten years earlier pop bands of the 80s started as pumpkins like i think banana rama yeah banana rama maybe like banana rama a few of them were all punk bands and then music the music industry was like um no you want to make like a hundred grand right yeah. now and they're like yeah and they're like here you go and then like oh okay. <laughs> please we do yeah, we do i've all i've been doing is shitting in this bucket like i think it's banana <laughs> i think it's banana rama that's like uh did you guys get any groupies and they were like yeah we fuck a lot it's like okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're not called fucking. We're not called fucking little baby caratorama. It's bananarama, buddy. We stick it in. Yeah. We're not called virginarama. We're called bananarama because we couldn't say cockorama. <laughs> so Vince McMahon comments in an interview, of course, after the War to Settled Score does so well. Um, which let's get the exact number up here. One second, but he comments. 18 to 34 is what the demographic, but Vince McMahon thought it was more 18 to 40 and 40% of those people being female. And probably, yes, there might have been a sniff test for some people with Cyndi Lauper there just watching it to see Cyndi Lauper. But I like the whole thing is like they don't put Cyndi Lauper over strong. She's there to be like put up a little bit of a fight. And then they just keep mentioning that if you hit a woman, you're a coward. And, and Hulk Hogan almost goes, because they're worse than us, brother. So, What's also amazing is the fact that David Wolf at an MTV event stole a camera um, 
In the build, this is crazy. In the build, so between the MSG incident with Roddy Piper, in the build to the war to settle the score, he steals a camera and gets vice president, uh, the someone, the first woman to run for vice president of the United States, Geraldine Ferrero, to say, "Piper, you're going down." Ah, my mic dropped. Do you understand how fucking? Yeah, but they don't. The thing is, they're just putting cameras on people and saying, "Say something," and then they do say something, right? And uh, then later she goes, "Please get this off fucking television. I didn't know what this was for." Nowadays, I guarantee they would have been like, "Fuck you, we own the footage. You're, we're not taking it down." Because they, hundred percent, they don't need to take it down. You were stupid enough to say it in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, th- but this is Vince McMahon being like a a young, 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 young boy. I don't think so. This is th- no, but again, this is just Vince McMahon finding all the strategies he's worked. Vince McMahon has tried all of this sort of stuff again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. This is the time period where it works the best. There's very little difference between DX invading WW WCW and go get Geraldine Ferrero and get her to say Piper, you're going down. Like that's. It's all. It's again using new, using traditional media as advertising platforms, trying to build up an audience and like it's yeah it's fucking crazy. Yeah, and this is used as a major catapult to. Of course, we're talking about uh, at the beginning. We didn't clarify that, which I uh, which I just stored and then mentioned now. But at the beginning, of course, we were talking about ticket sales being very poor for WrestleMania six up, uh, six weeks before the event. This really helps boost WrestleMania. Vince goes on an all out offensive to try and sign Mr. T to a wrestling contract. Obviously, we know that goes well. And Roddy Piper, see, and he's commented about this. We can hear more about this in our uh, Roddy Piper series that we have. I read this as six weeks before the war to set of the score, they haven't sold any tickets, and this is a closed-circuit event, not WrestleMania. No, because war that settled the score wasn't closed-circuit. It was on MTV. Well, suck my dick. All right. Yeah, it was not It was not closed-circuit at all. It was MTV. It got a huge rating on MTV, which led to MTV trying to like be like, oh, we own some of the WWF because like we made this, and then Vince McMahon goes, suck my dick and my ass and my pussy. Yeah. And that's the first time he tells like a fucking huge... And it, it, it takes a lot of balls, too, because like, if you're Vince McMahon, you've tried to promote for 15 years, shit's finally starting to go well, you're in a massive amount of debt... It, it, no, but it's, 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 I, I see what you're saying. He doesn't need them. He has two other networks that are already pissed off that he's on other yeah. networks. By him it's going, true. fuck you, means there's not going to be any lawsuits. It also means he can go, um, you guys are more loyal than they are. And then they're like, oh, we are, Vince. You're cool. Kiss us. And who thought that Who thought that Mr. T took uh, their spot in the main event of WrestleMania? Um, a lot of people. Dr. D. David Schultz. Uh, there you go. He's my favorite one. Because Dr. D. David... Dr. D. Dr. D. originally wanted it pitched as Dr. D. and Mr. T. And they would be in their corner was one of the many ideas that he had. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. It's fucking Dr. D. Dr. D. Mr. T. Dr. D. Mr. T. No filter cigarettes and kissing is my plan. <laughs> Winner gets to fuck the other one up their ass, and I'm not taking one in the ass, Mister T. Winner gets to be black. You lose. Ha <laughs> I get to wear blackface all the time now. Doctor D's from Florida. Doctor D. Has some of Linda Hogan's pee. Dr. D. Dr. <laughs> D. Didn't know wrestling was a work until 1993. Dr. <laughs> D. Dr. D. Wore to settle the score. Boy, like God with my title whore. That's Vince's mom. <laughs> Vince is gay and I'm not. I'm Dr. D. David Schultz. Noted monster of pro wrestling. So this is a very skilled thing they do at War to Settle the Score is they pivot to Mr. T and off of Cindy Lauper. Remember, the first WrestleMania, if you're looking at a time frame here, um, <laughs> March 31st, 1985, and War to Settle the Score was February 18th, 1985. So he basically hires this PR firm like two weeks out of this event and gets it all going. They do a six-week turnaround 
to Mr. T and Hulk Hogan versus Orndorff and Piper. And they've been sitting on the brawl to end it all was like a year earlier. Yeah, they basically are just trying to rev up any sort of interest they can in the idea of this big card. Because it's, again, one of those things where WrestleMania traditionally didn't have a Super Bowl-type event. The first one was Starcade, and Vince now needs to do his Starcade. Yeah, in six weeks when everything else is like, Brawl to End It All was in July of 84. War to Settle the Score is in February of 85. So that lets you know that... These he's completely sped up the pace of absolutely everything with 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 uh, goes to pro wrestling. Now, I do want to say this because it's very fun. Is they get any celebrity they fucking can. Uh, yeah, let's go through the list. The list is excellent. Glory. No, this is my favorite too. Are this just shows the this just shows the variety here is Gloria Steinem and Ted Nugent, <laughs> which is like. If Ted Nugent would have found out that it's like, wait a minute, who am I cheering for? I'm cheering for the guy that kicked the girl, right? You're not. Well, fucking tape me again. Gloria Steinem is not a big thing in Europe. Did you explain who Gloria Steinem is? Gloria Steinem is a was a very popular feminist. Um, she basically got popular. I mean, from the little bit I've watched on her, because you could put her on TV and she was a very attractive woman. Of course, this still goes on to this day, but most people at that time thought, oh, these bra-burning feminists, they're all ugly as fuck. And then you put Gloria Steinem on there, she's stacked. Great ass, great jugs, great face jugs. That's eyes. Uh, Gloria Steinem was one of the very uh, earliest uh, television uh, um, personality sort of feminist. She's also a big lawyer. She was the main lawyer in the Bill Cosby's Definitely a Rapist case. And uh, other noted appearances such as that. So yeah, that's who fucking Gloria Stein Yeah, she's a very esteemed person to have on television. And I guarantee she didn't... Like her cheering for Hulk Hogan is one of my favorite things. Because <laughs> Hulk Hogan's one of the worst... Basically would pan out to being one of the worst people in the world. But not in, like in a murder way. And another thing is, if you watch the part, so this is all on YouTube, of course. There's part one, part two, part three. And the most interesting part, uh, I think the part that really tells the whole story, is part three of War to Settle the Score. And that is the backstage interviews they do, where Gene Okerlund, who's basically been controlling this television program for an hour now with no help um, from anyone, because everyone on MTV is just like, oh, yeah, we'll just go do coke in the locker room while the fucking carny people do whatever and hulk hogan just starts being the interviewer because he pivots it's if you know if you watch for it it's one of the most impressive hulk hogan and roddy piper give the most the best correct uh sorry hulk hogan and roddy piper give the best performances of their career hulk hogan jumps off the screen it's the same reason why randy richter did not become a star after the brawl to end it all is because hulk hogan does an amazing job performing, as does Roddy Piper, whereas Randy Richter, not her fault, she just wasn't that far into being yeah, a professional was, wrestler at that point. professional wrestling and didn't know that she needed to literally just bounce off the stage and take her opportunity. And steal the spotlight. Like, Hogan just starts talking over actual celebrities. Like, he just goes, Mr. T's here. Like, he literally goes, that was Cindy Lauper. This is Mr. T. Now we're going to talk to Mr. T. Oh, and then he just starts talking about how him and Mr. T are going to get Hulk Hogan and Mr. T's going, yes, we are. Sorry, or get Roddy Piper goes, yes, we are. Yes, we are. And then Danny DeVito's being interviewed. Roddy Piper comes out in a in his towel and screams at the camera and then just walks away. And it's like, both these guys are, whatever you want to say about them, some of the best professional wrestlers of all time. And that's something that fucking Vince fell ass first into was he found the best heel of all time and the best baby face it's of all time. It's also one of those things where it's very funny that he never tried to repeat this scenario. But also part of it is, bear in mind, at Brawl for All or War to the Settle of the Score, they wanted Piper to lose. They wanted, like, I think it's at this one, one of the plans, according to Roddy Piper, was Hogan beats you in the ring one, two, three, and he was like, no then why would we do a return match? See, that's the thing that you watch this and you think, oh, WrestleMania is in six weeks. You watch this and you think it's totally set up so that Roddy Piper just takes the fucking pin, but he doesn't. Every single musician there is talking about how this is the day that rock and roll gets avenged. And fuck, it's funny that like all these super liberal rock stars 
are just validating a guy who 20, 35 years later, sorry, fired everyone during the biggest pandemic since the Spanish flu. Yeah. It, but it's again, it's one of those things where it's also <laughs> the rosters don't know. We'll talk about Andy Warhol, then we're going to take a break. Andy Warhol's interviewed. Andy Warhol's my favorite celebrity who appears at this. Andy, Andy Warhol's just doing blow backstage and they just pull him into frame. Andy Warhol looks like real fucked up but real good like he's real like, fucked but up. he knows he's fucked like my favorite type of pe- person appearing <laughs> on camera is like because something i was told a long time ago was like hey man hold it together until you can hold it together and then when you can't just lean in because you'll look way less fucked up if you're just like i'm fucked up then someone was like i'm not that fucked up and then they throw up which is it's the results of yeah. this theory are mixed uh, and Andy Warhol is clearly just like, yeah, it was, it was great. It was great. Yeah, yeah. And you can just look at Mean Gene Okerlund looking at his head, just wanting to turn him into a fucking, co- uh, like, into a fucking um, hanger for his coats. It's fucking insane. <laughs> oh, dude. If Alan Turner was ever seen again after this event, I'd be shocked because this is Mean Gene is so fucking mad at Alan Turner this whole time where he's like, where'd Alan Turner go? He just keeps on saying that because... Out this this dude clearly just starts fucking hobnobbing with all these fucking rock stars, and he's like, "Well, the the silly carny wrestling thing is over." And the other thing at play here, you can totally see this, where every single actual celebrity is being super snarky and about wrestling and saying, "Oh, it's great." Oh, it's like uh, Joe Piscopo, who we recorded something about earlier, but got uh, oh, uh, we recorded over Joe Piscopo. Joe Piscopo says it was like a Springsteen concert, and he loved the chicks. I fucking hate. hate. There's a particular type of New York guy that relates everything to Sinatra or Springsteen or Billy Joel, and all of those people can suck my asshole. Frank Sinatra (laughs) is shit. He's the worst of all the Rat Pack. He's a dirty fucking raper. Uh, fuck Frank Sinatra and fuck you. Um, fucking Bruce Spring. You think he's better than Joey Bishop or not? He's worse than yes, Joey I Bishop. Yes, I think he's worse than Joey Bishop. That's how low I, my really? opinion of Frank Sinatra is. Yeah, Joey Bishop. Wow. He's not. He doesn't deserve to lick Joey Bishop's fucking shoes. Here's my favorite. Best <laughs> is insult thing. Yeah. Be- best Rat Pack member, Sammy Davis Jr. Black Jute. Disagreed. You going Dean Martin? No, I'm going to go all the waitresses that suck them <laughs> off. Good for them. I mean, that's they make a good case. I based that on a real story where uh, Frank Sinatra kept on... I read Sinatra's book a while back. Sinatra always drank. Dean Martin start, switched to iced tea because he started aging in a way he didn't like. And he would just drink iced tea and pretend to be drunk on stage. And then, but he he said he stopped drinking too, so he could enjoy the blowjobs afterwards. <laughs> He's like, I didn't feel a blowjob for ten years. This is great. <laughs> also, <laughs> uh, also, do you know what uh, Dean Martin's comeback if you heckled him at a show was? Shut up. You can do that to Frank. You can't do that to me. I'm a train. <laughs> he had, he's. I mean. We'll talk about whatever we're going to talk about, but he has one of the greatest lines of all time where he goes up. Uh, I forget which roast it is, but he's like, I feel bad for people that don't drink because when they wake up, that's as good as they're going to feel all day. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he's the f- Dean Martin fucking rules. What the hell were we talking about? They didn't couldn't get Dean Martin on this shitty fucking we're thing. Talking about, we're talking about Joe Piscopo, who still does a Frank Sinatra. Oh, impression. Joe Piscopo. Yeah. Frank, oh, fuck you, Joe Piscopo. But you did say that he fathered uh, women in every decade he, of his life, fathered, which is... I think he fathered a, a, a child in every decade of his adulthood, which is pretty fucking impressive. That's awesome. 70s, boom. Yeah. Leaving it in still. Mm. Here's my dusty kid with no bones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My cum now is in a jar that I have to keep cold in a cooler because my testicles are so shriveled because I fuck too much, just like Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> this is like when this is like all oh, the pancake mix is gone. You're just making that last one because you really want another. I don't one. like that analogy at all. <laughs> <laughs> the War of the Scuttle score goes fantastically. The Rock and Wrestling Connection is fucking alive and well. Six weeks till WrestleMania. What's going to happen next, John? We'll find out after the break. Fuck off. <laughs> Everyone, suck my fucking cock. Mm, Dylan Gott uses the N-word. We need money for lawyers. Donate to Patreon. Minimum donation, $5. Maximum donation, suck job. Can we talk about the fact that Cindy Lauper had a song called The Goonies Are Good Enough? 
<laughs> oh, buddy, she really leaned into the wrestling thing. Wrestling was big, man, and it was mainstream and fun. But hang on, but what it was was it also it was postmodern in New York. Because, okay, the mid-'80s, this is like New York is no longer super terrifying. It's just a bit terrifying. So you like you still can't go into Times Square. There's huge parts of the city you can't go into. But there's hope and future. Ed, Ed Koch, the mayor of New York, is in his sec, first or second term. There is revitalization. The city hasn't defaulted. By the end of the beginning of the 80s, end of the 70s, New York City was Detroit. No one talks about it. New York City was what Detroit is now, is now was New York City. It was fucked. And it was all back and revitalized. Yeah, Times Square, all the touristy areas were just fucking porn shops. It was. This is why when you make movies like uh, Mean Streets, Taxi Driver, like this is Scorsese's fucking New York. Baby. I mean, yeah, all of those were in the seventies because Dylan doesn't fucking know anything. No, but that's what I mean. Death Wish. Death Wish is hot. Cool. Only the first part. Guns are sick. Death yeah. Wish. No, the second one's good too. I mean. Th- Actually, they're all very good. They are good. all very good. By the fifth one, it's... The third one's amazing. It's just uh, guys doing blow and then getting fucking shot up by Charles Bronson. Doesn't need it. He just sees someone doing drugs and he blows their fucking head Is off. the third one where he goes on a rampage just because they stole his car? Like, the first two are like, they killed his wife. Now they killed his daughter. The third one's like, um, that's a my Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. But that's the rest of them, too. He just walks into a basement. He's like, you playing poker? And then he kills yeah, everybody. Oh, my God. They're all... Declare your taxes to the government <laughs> or I'll fucking uh, kill you. It's going to take more than one of me to take down this entire gang of uh, ethnic minorities and youths. Luckily, I brought my gun. He's my only friend. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of death wishes where he's like, it's like a World War II veteran being like, use this rocket launcher I saved from World War II and he's like, I will. And then just someone going I like punk rock! And then he just gets booking bazooka oh, and there's, yeah, fucking small dick. Yeah, I can't remember which one. They're so crazy. They get so... They're, that one and also Invasion USA where it's just terrorists invade America all on one night and it's just the only one man that can stop him is a carpenter who's also in the special forces and it's Chuck Norris? Holy shit. It's some of the best fucking worst acting I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> or Red Dawn, John Milius, got him fucking blackballed. And this is exactly the time we're living in right now, which is very fun. Not right now, 2020, but right now, 1985, because everyone thinks wrestling is the postmodern fun part, but it's actually, you've just given John Milius a billion fucking yeah. dollars. That's what happened in 1985, baby, because Vince McMahon is... So, sorry, we should talk about how the MTV-WWF uh, partnership ends. They have this huge rating. It's very good for both Not companies. Well. It doesn't end well because they both feel that... The- MTV asked for a cut of their WWF's yeah, profits. and D- Vince McMahon it ain't... Sh- Vince McMahon's not sharing that with the fucking wrestlers. He's not giving it to them. Yeah. Well, and also keep in mind, there are no profits yet. He's just living off of debt. Mm-hmm. Like, he... he they... He makes, like, he's already spent $100, then he, for the first time, makes his first dollar, and then someone goes, give me 50 cents. And he's like, no. I have to... Yeah. I have to go show this to my wife so she knows I'm powerful over her. She's getting lippy. But this is the... <laughs> but this is the interesting part, because Rock and Wrestling, the cartoon, which Cindy Lauper was a producer yeah, they- on... Is still on CBS every morning until 1986. Well, they get they get a huge amount of licenses. It's also one of those things where that's a that's a different MTV being pissed off at MTV doesn't mean that CBS is going to be pissed off. I don't even think they're both under the well. Just CBS is the parent company. Is CBS the parent company at this point? It gets very confusing. Oh shoot! Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I'm basing that on. uh, So let's just do MCBS. I'm just going to Google that. You start talking. Uh, I'm just going to say this. I don't think... I think MTV was one of those... MTV was like ESPN. At this point in the 80s, it's literally owned by a guy. Like, it was an independent television channel. Because when cable mm-hmm. came out in the US, it's literally like... Boom! Like, you can just buy a satellite access and you have a channel. That's how ESPN happened. Is it was literally a guy and his dad just bought satellite access in fucking Bristol, Connecticut. And away you go. Now you have... Mm. 
uh, fucking Entertainment Sports People Network, or whatever the fuck it stands for. <laughs> so I can't really easily find when CBS bought MTV, but you are correct. I just assumed it was started immediately by no. CBS, but of course it had to prove it was viable before it was bought. So yeah, that makes sense, because CB- MTV is probably also looking to make money in any way they possibly can. Yeah, it's again, anyone anyone wants to capitalize on this, and it's also, again, it's a big thing in the New York market. New York, at this time, it was still the idea of if you're big in certain markets that can carry you in the rest of the country, New York is the number one market. If you're big in New York, you can get on anywhere else. It's why Howard Stern Mm -hmm. was able to take the entire world, is that Howard Stern was the biggest talk show with all of the demos in New York very fast, so they could take him to any other ne- any other city, and that's it. So we're gonna talk obviously talk about WrestleMania one way more in no, depth than we're later gonna skip episode. it completely. It's not important. <laughs> okay, we're gonna go skip WrestleMania one on the year. McMahon. We're only gonna talk about the match with Executioner. <laughs> so we we got to talk about the wrestling album, which was November 9th, 1985. The album was produced by Rick Derringer, David Wolf, John Steinman, who wrote Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell. And good God, did Rick Derringer milk every fucking penny he could out of professional I wrestling. I mean, Rick Derringer, I, like, this, we had to re, we have, we're re-recording this because technology failed. Rick Derringer is a song doctor. Rick Derringer is doing just fucking fine. He's got gazillions of dollars from being brought in to be like... No, Joe Perry, you can't write a song called, like, My wife's a cunt and I want cocaine. You have to make the song Toys in the Attic. So he's just fine. That said. (laughs) She's asleep and that's A-OK. Aerosmith, Aerosmith. Joe Perry wrote this. That was the first song. (laughs) That was going to be the single. Welcome to Falling in Love is Hard on the Knees. My name is Steven Tyler and I want to have sex with your daughter. Horsey boy. I'm a horsey boy. <laughs> I don't care how old she is. I just want her to be your daughter. The thing that I also want to point out that's absolutely amazing is that Vince McMahon has been trying to recapture this period of time for his entire life. This is what he wanted from wrestling. Yes. We got cartoons. We're on MTV. We're making albums. We're making movies. This is what he wanted. He never wanted to be just a wrestling promoter because that's what his dad was. His dad is bad. So he needed to be more. And for a brief period of time, he achieved it. He was on three cable networks at the same fucking time. Yes. USA, TNT, and MTV. Yes, you fucking idiot. When was uh, Tuesday Night Titans shown on? USA, baby. Ooh. Yeah, it was called T- Tuesday Night Titans. It was called TNT on USA, which gets confused because Nitro was on TNT. Ooh. Yeah, TNT wouldn't been around yet. That was like 90s. Yeah. Yeah, now by the way, TNT in America is just Law and Order. It's just Law and Order SVU. Like <laughs> which is great. Which is by the way all I've ever wanted from television. Did you remember the car Do you remember the cartoon? <laughs> no, I mean, we were both 1 year old. Yeah. I don't remember it at all. I don't remember like I remember being discussed like when I started getting into the internet wrestling community in the early 2000s. But I don't remember it being a thing at all. Yeah, I think this is... The cartoon's more for people who are in their 40s. They would remember, like, Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling. Yeah, what a bunch of virgins. The premise for that was, of course, good guys beating bad guys. And here, who are the Hulk Hogan was played by? Brad 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 Garrett. Brad Garrett from Everyone Loves Raymond and also... Uh, from um, Uncle Phil and Uncle Phil from um, Fresh Prince in Bel Air, play the junkyard dog. Uh, the theme was "I'm a Real American," written by Jim Steinman. I believe that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, and this again was promoting of the rock and wrestling brand, promoting of the WWF. Also, again, shows that Vince has changed his strategy since then. If this was made now, it would be called Wa- uh, Rock and WWE. Because you do know that WWE now does not stand for World Wrestling Entertainment. Like, he's literally just said, no, it just stands... It's like KFC, it's just WWE. It's just WWE now. We do not... We're not a wrestling company. We are only an entertainment company. You're not allowed to say sports entertainment anymore. It's just entertainment. It's just an entertainment Mm -hmm. company. It's fucking crazy how fucking far down that rabbit hole that guy's gone. And all he really needs to do is go back to being a wrestling promoter. 
Because again, this Vince McMahon or someone of this elk who's willing to take these risks, but bringing it always back to a match with two competitors that, as far as we're concerned, fucking hate each other. And as far as I can tell, Hogan and Piper, not big fans of one another, you will always draw some money from your fans. Like There is always a market out there for this type of bout. Yeah, and it's and the thing that they do so skillfully in the is they root everything back to the title, which they wouldn't have done now. Because the whole reason that they fight, the whole reason that Hogan gets Piper in the ring is because Hogan has the world title, and that's the whole reason that Piper does this, is he beats up Hogan's friends so he can get a shot at the world title. It's that pro wrestling logic where the heel is smarter than the babyface, but the babyface overcomes the heel because he's better at fighting and fighting on the side of good and also fighting on the side of civil union should be enough for them, brother. You know what I mean? Whereas <laughs> It's white hat, black hat, white hat wins eventually. But it's also like, I, s- I mentioned this off the top, but here's how this works if this happens. Because this is the thing. Wrestling fans now are playing the part of wrestling fans. This is really fun to watch because it is wrestling fans just being wrestling fans. In that they're trying to do that thing of like, I'm not supposed to like John Cena, so I won't like John Cena. I'm supposed to like... Now it's like... Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird nerddom of like, well, this is... It's an identity thing where it's like... I'm I'm enjoy I didn't enjoy AEW for the first year. I'm weirdly now enjoying AEW because it's just good storytelling and they're actually just not progressing storylines on their fucking web series and they're actually doing it on television. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I don't buy John Moxley as a champion and yet I'm still like if you talk to anyone who's like an internet wrestling fan He's fucking great, but I'm like, no, it, they should have kept the belt on Jericho and continued to build Adam Page. But there's a lot less. You can't really say that. You can't have those debates anymore without people like. Ew, wee, 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 wee. Uh, but go ahead. That's what they'll do. Yeah, they do a cat impression. Yeah, do, 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 do. <laughs> or do they? Or do they do the noise Haku makes during his matches? Please do it again. Yeah. <laughs> That's him and the barbarian. Every noise. But this is the interesting thing about it, where they're not playing the part of wrestling fans. They actually even if it is ironically believe in what they're watching and just cheer for the good guy and the bad guy. But if they if this happens in 2010, I know that's a stupid thing to say, but the way wrestling fans are now, the way people are towards entertainment, because this is cable television has just started. People aren't bombarded with the amount of entertainment they are now, so they don't have the reference point for all the tricks people use. If this happens now, everything's fucked because Roddy Piper is the baby face and... Everyone in mainstream media just thinks wrestling fans are on the side of the guy who kicked the lady rather than look at how fucking smug all these uh, Rolling Stone writers are. Look how smug all these fucking shitty celebrities are. Yeah, it's again, it's one of those things where wrestling isn't at a time period where it's cool. So anyone coming into it is looked at as mocking it. And also we're in a post ECW world where Paul Heyman, to accentuate the negatives of his company, basically was like... You guys are you guys are us and we're you. Cheer for the company and not the wrestlers, because really soon all these wrestlers are gonna leave and it's just gonna be Kid Cash and Steve Carino. <laughs> yeah, in the uh, and a lot of the people have the Joe Biscobo attitude, where it's like, yeah, it's a good show and uh, I'm better than this, and like a lot of the people. You can you can feel how they think they're better than it, um, but it's also the same. It's exactly like watching this was exactly like watching people at the carnival, which is people at a carnival. They go, um, you make fun of the fucking dude who's who's uh, who's running the game where you throw the balls at the clowns, and then oh look at how fucking weird and white trash this all is. But you can see the Cheshire smile on people like Gene Okerlund's face. For sure on people like Vince McMahon's face backstage. Because they're like, yeah, you guys are making fun of us. We have your fucking money now. And we used you as a springboard to make our thing great. And Vince McMahon, up until recently, has never really had power just because of the number he numbers he's drawn. But this is really the beginning of that. And yeah, and next week we'll be back with more about rock and wrestling. I don't know what we're going to talk about. YOLO. We're just going to sing. We're going to try and sing in key. Girls just want to have fun. Harmonies as well. <laughs> we're going to go full harmonies. Girls, so they want to have fun. What? Do you think fun. the best thing? Uh, yeah. What? <laughs>
What do you think the best thing about the war to settle the score was, John? You fabulous piece of shit. Uh, this is the uh, this is this proves Vince McMahon's genius. Vince McMahon, I love that there is a time in wrestling where you can't criticize any move Vince makes. I love it. This is when he is completely right. This is Vince McMahon literally just going, okay, we need to fucking sell these fucking tickets to the right people to get the right crowd for this event. If we don't do that, I'm fucked. How do we do that? Perfect. Let's go. Well, it's so much more manageable the pace that wrestling is at. Exactly. And it's, again, one of those things where why not just do... It's again, it's one of those things is because they've killed so many of their other markets off. The only way that they can make money now is just by uh, TV rights fees. But like even the idea that the idea that AEW is possibly expanding to a second night of television, it's like, no, don't do that's be you're being greedy. Expand merchandise, expand online content, expand any other way. Don't put yourself in a position where you have to write and create and output four hours of television a week or five hours of television a week or six hours of television a week. It's it's too untenable. It's a silly move. That's what silly boys do, and we're not silly boys anymore. We're smart boys. You know, the interesting thing about uh, about all this is I just listened to... I had to plug another podcast. Fuck it. There's a great podcast called Business Wars, and there's a company called Patagonia where they make loud sweaters for skiing, and... The dude who runs Patagonia basically is a very big environmentalist, but he came up with a business philosophy of their, their, they were growing their sales at a rate of like 40% per year in the 80s, and he essentially said, I want to stop this growth because the growth is unsustainable, by which he means if this growth continues then we have to keep on expanding and becoming bigger and bigger and bigger and at one point of course the growth will stop and that is what's that is a that's not something that any wrestling organization has ever done which is you want another uh, fucking night of television fuck it we run 8 nights a week now we're the WWE of course you'd be stupid to turn turn down money cuz it would put obviously stress on yeah but long term like i want to be here in 50 years i don't want to just do a smash grab operation which is what every single wrestling company has always done and that's what killed wcw was the second night of tv now they didn't have a leg to stand on because they were owned by the tv network but you get what no, i'm but saying it's ecw also didn't understand the world of tv when ecw went into T tnn it they were not prepared for the cost they didn't have the staff because paul Heyman didn't know how to negotiate a tv deal if he was smart he would have gone hey these two companies are making all this money. We're a much smaller company. You're going to have to pay for the cameras. You're going to have to give us a studio, all of that sort of stuff. Then ECW would have been fucking fine. If they were filmed in a TV studio in Philadelphia weekly and they could route everyone in, they would have been fine. But it's, again, people not knowing their actual business. Keep it small. Build slowly. Nothing in wrestling. Is that's, that's a great point. Is If they would have just done fucking weird ass studio wrestling they would have been fine if they would have just filmed from the ecw arena every single week was like everyone just lives in fucking philadelphia yeah. here's some money that's all they needed to fucking but they do. wanted to compete but that's what that's what ecw did they didn't want to grow they want to grow slow i'm completely agreeing with you but that's the thing you have to do to compete is you're you're competing in two different ways it's also you can't compete any sort of company that's competing with someone that's doing the exact same thing as them is stupid because what you'll just end up doing is replicating their idea or they're going to replicate you. What you want to do is you want to act as if you are alone in the industry and you're moving completely forward, totally isolated from, i.e., look at when WCW was totally successful. They weren't acting like the rest of the world. Um, they were going, it's the NWO. They never said WWF. They never said anything. They... At, they knew that we all knew, and they didn't treat their fans and their customer for last but their customer base like fucking fools. In the same way that rock and wrestling made wrestling seem cool because people who are working in wrestling were proud to be part of wrestling. Something that Vince has lost is Vince hasn't been proud of being in wrestling since I think WrestleMania three, the steroid scandal. Like he's been embarrassed by the thing that's made him a billionaire, and that has absolutely held him back in terms of the quality of the product. And he has stopped listening to wrestlers full yeah. stop, which has always been a problem. If he like, if he hadn't like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. And I think that Vince McMahon. I don't think he's not been. Pre well, first of all, 
WCW definitely did mention WWF on television because they were giving away all of never the results. Said, never, said de- never said WWF. Never said WWF. They would say... the Oh, yeah, they said the other they guys. They would say the other guys. Because, it's again, it's one of those things where it's being dismissive of the other thing. It's actually something that the WWF yeah. is not that good at. Weirdly. Is the WWF is not good at if the... Yeah, they just imagine it's not there. Yeah, which is stupid. It's, again, it's going... It's dimin- diminish and dismiss... But don't act like they don't exist, is what I was trying to say. If I misspoke, I apologize. So I think my best thing about rock and wrestling was the performances of Hulk Hogan. Like, sorry, Ward of Subtle Score was the performances of Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper. Everyone, they had all these people to make this seem like a big event. These All these celebrities. It was, it was the televised Super Bowl of wrestling. There's one match, one thing to care about. Cindy Lauper, Mr. T, you've overloaded it with celebrities. But at the end of the day, the thing that actually matters... The thing that I don't think they've been able really to replicate this, even though Vince McMahon has tried to time and time and time again, is that above the celebrities, above everything else, his performers stole the show. And you can look at any other time they've tried to use celebrities outside of 80s events like this. But Hulk Hogan it's worked out really well, right? There. He was not at, he was not he was not intimidated by any. And this it sounds weird to say, but it's like. Hulk Hogan wasn't intimidated by any of these people. He guided he guided the inter, the after interview process. Roddy Piper came in. Did he have one thing to do? Yes, he did, but he cut a great promo, and that's all he did. They stole the show, and that's all you can ask. You look at guys where they set them up with... Like, you look at The Rock and Roman Reigns. Because The Rock is a bad example because he's a wrestler, but he was trying to give Roman Reigns the rub. Roman Reigns... Not as good as The Rock, and very few people are as good as The Rock, of course. Like, you've got, like, three people that are maybe in the league of of The Rock. But Roman Reigns magpied in that moment, and no one ever forgot it. And you only really get one chance to make an impression like this. And they made a great first impression. The worst thing, I think, uh, is that they couldn't keep that relationship going with MTV, even though WWF was huge. Huge. I cannot stress enough how huge Hulk Hogan was. He was on the fucking cover of Sports Illustrated. I don't know how big they could have gotten with teaming with MTV or if it would have like diminished for MTV, like having them look stupid, just having them look stupid. No, it's again, Vince played, this is all played perfectly by MTV. This was the perfect platform of you get the, you get young people that would have eventually found wrestling, but you get them younger coupled with people that are just like, what do you fucking mean? Mr. T is wrestling. I'll watch that coupled with diehard wrestling fans that sets up WrestleMania perfectly yeah and for vince you cannot take this away from vince mcmahon it is 1985 we said this before on this saga we'll say it again this is when vince mcmahon is a cool guy yeah he is a cool he's guy going to studio 54 he's doing coke and saying you can't get addicted to it he's going to steakhouses <laughs> hanging out baby he's a fucking young guy he has an idea what's going on with p with the actual target demographic they're going for Versus when he falls ass backwards into Target it. Target demographic. He is old, young enough that he is still part of who you're marketing to. His current company. Exactly. Is, and like that, his current yeah. company is not marketing towards a 70 year old egomaniac whose best friends are Dick Ebersole and Donald fucking Trump. They're largely marketing to people. I'm not going to say largely, but probably half of the people that watch this shit are people that would have watched wrestlemania 3 or watched like like people our age we're like the median age of a wrestling fan now. yeah so it's like middle-aged men it's middle-aged, and then it's you introduce your kids your kids like it or your kids don't but they they need to be aware yeah. that they've lost a, like the they're fucking stupid they're a big bunch of dummies yeah they don't have a guy like hulk hogan who is different who is uh, who who they'll put over absolutely everybody like this is the this is the war to settled score but it's more or less the hulk hogan show and vince mcmahon put all his eggs in the hulk hogan basket and now of course the business has changed because he doesn't want to create stars like hulk hogan because then of course you can go other other places but that feels like more that vince mcmahon has lost face in himself that he can create stars like this than being smart because he you know yeah but it, what did it what it also comes down to is vince mcmahon i actually disagree i think vince mcmahon just goes i know what's smart i know what sells um i'll just pick it for them and they'll have to listen not understanding that you have to let the fans decide and then um the run with what run they with decide. what they decide and stay out of the way of go 
Okay, they want this. All right, set it up so it's this guy. Hey, don't be schizophrenic. Don't fuck Boom. it around. Boom. Don't break the shield up. Again, they'd be in a much different place financially if they'd kept the shield together for another year to another two years. Interesting stuff. We'll get to more of this next week when we continue our Vince McMahon saga. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Uh, subscribe to us on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. We'll be dropping the Haku episode next Tuesday. Uh, we go Instagram live on Instagram every Tuesday and Thursday. Yo. Um, this Tuesday we'll be recording a episode live there? No, we'll be watching something. Who fucking knows? Watch our Twitter at Wrestler Review. Instagram at Wrestler Review. We will be starting to record uh, sporadically. Check our um, our socials because uh, sporadically we will be recording Patreon episodes but the first half hour of the Patreon episode will go up on Instagram live as a live video. So if you don't want to subscribe to Patreon but you still want to get some sweet insights, check it out there. Um, if not, suck on my D. Boom. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Join us on Twitter, Instagram, Patreon. Follow us home. Stay safe. Stay inside. Bye, 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 bye.